I've considered the Penguins' trade options, and here's my conclusion. The two guys would help the most are Derek Brassard or Michael Grabner. Brassard would cost too much, so get Grabner. Grabner would make the Penguins' sport check go from great to overwhelming and would give them a lot of choices on the wing. Grabner's cap hit is manageable, 1.65 mil. He shouldn't require giving back too much in return, so that's my call. Mrs. Rutherford, please pass this on to your husband. Go and get Michael Grabner from the New York Rangers. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter. At MarkMadX. Justin Schultz practiced today for the Penguins. After missing two games with illness. Looks like he's going to be okay for Friday night's game at Carolina. Patrick Hornquist and Tomas Kuhnhockel did not practice. Hornquist did skate before practice. Uh, The USA beat Slovakia 5-1 in an excruciating men's hockey game last night to qualify for the Olympic quarterfinals in another excruciating game against the Czech Republic tonight. The best argument the NHL could make for getting the IOC to pay for the players to play in the Olympics, that argument has been made by not going. Lev Bell said the Steelers were going to decide by today whether or not to give him a long-term deal. Today is also the first day Bell can be franchised. And uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network says it will happen. Bell will get tagged. If and when Bell is franchised, keep in mind he and the Steelers can still do a long-term deal up till July 16th. Bell can be tagged today, but it has not yet happened. Rappaport says it will soon. And, like I said, they can negotiate a long-term deal through mid-July, so tagging Bell wouldn't be a big deal. Unless, of course, he reacts in immature fashion to it, and God knows that's a pretty good bet. The Pirates owner, Bob Nutting, he spoke to the players and said, quote, We are here to win, unquote. Well, of course Nutting is going to say that, but actions speak louder than words, and Nutting's actions gave away Cole and Gotch. Uh, The Pirates' most reliable starting pitcher might be Trevor Williams, and his ERA was up over four last year. Try that one on for size. You're feeling me, right? When Nutting says that crap, don't be mad because he's lying. That's what he has to say to the players, to the media, to the fans, to everybody. Be mad because he took a 98-win team in 2015 and burned it to the ground by way of maximizing profit. But don't be mad because he's lying. You have to lie. That's what you have to say. If you say... I want to squeeze every dollar I can out of this team. I don't care if we win. We'll never have enough good players here at the same time to do anything more than 
what we've done in 13, 14, and 15, and even that we won't do for years to come. I don't think that'll help ticket or merchandise sales. He's saying what he has to. Uh, mostly today we're going to talk Penguins. They don't play again until Friday at Carolina. Join me to watch that game at the Bridgeville Volunteer Fire Department. That's a benefit for the South Fayette Hockey Association. And then Saturday, when the Pens visit Florida, I'm at Willie's Bar and Grill in Fredericton, PA. That's an hour away, but they love me everywhere. It's watch party season with Double M and the Pens. Check out my webpage at WXDX.com for all the dates. Okay, here's why I think Michael Grabner is the best target for Pittsburgh. First off, because Broussard isn't. Broussard has a $5 million cap hit. For Ottawa to trade him to the Penguins, Ottawa would have to absorb a lot of that cap hit, and that drives the price up. So Ottawa would want something like a first-round pick and Sprong and Sherry. Broussard doesn't provide enough of an upgrade over Shane to give that up. That's the price you pay for a top six and not a third-line center. People talk about, oh, you got to overpay if you want to make history. Yeah, okay, I get it. History, I heard you. Three straight cups. But there's going to be a playoff in 2019 and 2022. You can win the Stanley Cup then, too. And you don't want to cripple your chances for then to get a third-line center now. Getting Broussard would offer no guarantees. Now, neither would getting Michael Grabner. And I don't know what the Rangers would want for Grabner. But it for sure wouldn't be what Ottawa wants for Broussard. And boy, Grabner seems a good fit. Great on the PK. He has seven empty net goals this season, which has been a problem for the Penguins. He's an unbelievable four-checker. He has 25 goals and six assists. Hagelin is like Grabner light. Same type of player, but Grabner gets the stats. More stats anyway, although 25 and six. That puts him in contention for the Cy Young Award. Grabner's skating would give the Penguins even more of what their biggest weapon is. The Penguins' biggest weapon isn't the star power, although it's a very big weapon. The Penguins' biggest weapon is that forecheck, that press. Get the puck, and when you give it away, get it right back. If the Penguins picked up Grabner, they would have three of the most relentless forecheckers in the game. Hagelin, Grabner, and Brian Rust, and even two of their stars fly up and down the ice. Crosby and Kessel. This is the speed age in the NHL. The Penguins have the most speed. Grabner would give them even more. Again, I don't know who you'd have to give up for Grabner, but let's say it's a draft pick and a prospect. Like a, a third-round pick and Sprong, which I would do. You'd have Kessel, Gensel, Hornquist, Ross, Jerry, Haglund, and Aston Reese. One of those wings would be on your fourth line. And if somebody gets hurt, it's not a disaster. So that's what I do. What would you do? 412 333 
WXDX. Uh, by the way, it's worth mentioning, after a slow start, especially in terms of goals, Brian Rust is having a pretty good season. He's got 31 points in 50 games. That's not bad at all. The Islanders lost last night, and Washington won. So the Capitals are back in first place, one game ahead of Pittsburgh, with still two games in hand. The big news in the Metro today comes from Philadelphia. Michael Neuvert is out four to six weeks. So now both Flyers goalies are sidelined. Brian Elliott's out five weeks. So the Flyers went out and got Morazic from Detroit. It cost them a couple of draft picks. Morazic ain't Bernie Perrant, but he's better than that minor leaguer they were using, Alex Lyon. And here's some more bad news for the Flyers. Wayne Simmons is out two to three weeks. That's a killer. He doesn't have the points like Giroux, Voracek, and Couturier, but Wayne Simmons is their heartbeat. If I could add one flyer to the pens, it'd be Simmons. I don't want the Flyers to make the playoff. But right now, they're in pretty good shape. They're six points out of not making it. Six points above the danger zone. The top four is starting to pull away from the rest of the Metro. And right now, the Carolina Hurricanes and New York Islanders are tied for that last wild card. I'd like to see Carolina make it because Ronnie Francis is their GM. And because if the Penguins played the Canes in the playoffs, that would end very quickly. So, I say Grabner's the guy to get. What do you think? 412-333-9939. I'm sure that those of you who were inclined to look at gossip on the web, I am not. Who am I kidding? But, But there's a Black China sex tape. A black China sex tape, and I'm disappointed. She is certainly not Linda Lovelace or the Kilbasa Queen for that matter. By the way, I'm not sure exactly who Black China is. To me, she's just the chick in the celebrity porn tape. 412-333-9939. We got Steve Mears. Penguins TV play by play man. He joins me at 3:30. We got Stan Saverin at 4:30. It's the Mark Madden Show here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. It's Mark Madden. It'd be the hoity-toity instead of the hoi polloi. Double M, what's up? Idiots are often happy, but they have no real impact in this world. Unless, of course, they're good enough to make the NFL. The X at 105.9. I love some of the names that uh, fans and media throw out there that the Penguins are looking at or should be looking at to upgrade their center position. You hear they should get Matt Collin. They should get Jean-Gabriel Pajot from Ottawa. They should get Mark Letestu from Edmonton. They should get Thomas Placonic from Montreal. What do those four players have in common? Cullen, Pajot, Letestu, and Placonic. What do those four players have in common? They all have less points than Riley Shan. You hear that these guys are the upgrade. I don't see the upgrade. Broussard, yes, those four guys, no. Uh, If you bring in any of those guys, to me, each of them would be the fourth-line center behind Riley Shan. The guy I want to get is Grabner. What's your take on my take that the best guy the Pens can get is Michael Grabner? 
Dial 412-333-WXDX. There was one minor trade in hockey today. The New York Rangers sent uh, Nick Holden, defenseman, to Boston in exchange for Rob O'Gara and a third-round pick. Holden's a decent defenseman. He can play bottom pair for Boston. Holden's cap hit is 1.65 mil, and that's the same as Grabner's. Maybe the Penguins could make a similar deal, although Grabner is a more valuable talent. Uh, If the Penguins would get Grabner, it doesn't address a weakness, per se. It doesn't address third-line center, but maybe we worry too much about third-line center. Benino just had the one big playoff in Pittsburgh. It's all we remember. Maybe it would be better to play to your strength and make your skating even stronger. Make your forecheck even stronger. Uh, besides, Sid needs to play with better wingers. Grabner or whoever. At practice today, Sid was skating with Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone. And he's been skating on a line with Sherry a lot, too. That's just not good enough. Not for the best player in the world. I know you want balance, but line mates like that handcuff Sid. Especially Simone. Aston Reese is okay. Not the speed Sid likes, but Aston Reese is a good player. It's amazing Sid has produced like he has. Uh, But getting back to Grabner, I really think we worry too much about that third-line center. It's become a nonstop talking point because you think Benino did better than he did. Benino only had seven points in the playoffs last year. Seven points in 21 games. Schultz had more. Kunitz had more. Ian Cole, Matt Cullen, Ole Mata, Ron Hainsey. They all had more points in the playoffs than Nick Benino. That's no knock on Nick Benino. But maybe that spot isn't as important as you think. Uh, as I said earlier tonight, it's the U.S. against the Czechs in Olympic quarterfinal hockey. I still can't get over the United States' first power play, including Mark Arcabello and Chris Bork. And Wisniewski, they put him on the team. He's 38, totally immobile, plays defense. I think he's only playing the power play. Now, he scored last night on the power play, but uh, I read that Wisniewski and Brian Gianna are going to like play in the NHL after the Olympics are over. I'd be shocked. Gianna has dropped all the way down to the fourth line. There's a reason that these guys were available to play in the Olympics, and it's because they're bums. Uh, Jim Pack uh, coached the South Korean uh, men's hockey team. You remember him, the uh, defenseman who played on the Penguins' first two Stanley Cup teams. Uh, And Pack, who has done so much, to build hockey in his native Korea, a pack. Oh, by the way, Wisniewski's only 33. He skates like he's 53, but he's only 33. Uh, Jim Pack's done a lot to build hockey in his native Korea. And last night after his team was eliminated and they bobbed to him as a sign of respect, uh, he cried after they lost. I mostly cried when I watched them play. Uh, these Olympics are some bad hockey. Yikes. You know what they should do? Every four years, have the World Junior Championships as the Men's Olympic Hockey Tournament. 20 and under. 
make it a showcase for youth. People would love that. The 2022 Olympics are in China. I bet the NHL sends players to China even if the league has to pay because the NHL wants to expand its brand to China. Uh, King Blogger suggested making the Olympics a 23 and under tournament, or what did he say, 25 and under? That that won't work because the, the Oilers wouldn't release McDavid to play in the tournament. The World Juniors, just lifting that tournament from where you were going to have it, it's in Canada half the time, and putting it in the Olympics, that would be exciting. The exuberance youth, people would dig that. Up next, we're going to talk hockey with the Penguins TV play-by-play man. Oh, wait, this just did. The official orthopedic surgeon for the Philadelphia Eagles says Carson Wentz will need to wear a knee brace for the rest of his career. Boy, couple that with the fact that he won't be ready to play at season start. I'm not letting Nick Foles go anywhere. Steve Mears up next, 105.9. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Let's welcome now my neighbor in a very exclusive neighborhood, namely down by the river. He does play-by-play on the Penguins TV broadcasts. He is the pride of Murraysville, Steve Mears. Uh, Mearsy, the Penguins lost 10-1 to at Chicago very early in the season. Uh, a lot of people blame that on you. That was one of your uh, early broadcasts. <laughs> now they've won 14-21 in the new year. A lot's happened between then and now, hasn't it? Yeah, where's my credit then, right? Where's my credit? I got the blame for the 10-1 loss. I sh- shouldn't I get credit for this winning streak by that logic, right, Mark? You should, but that's not how it works around here, and I would think you'd know that. <laughs> Um, of course, yeah, yeah. They won the next game at home. I remember they beat Nashville, and that was at the third game of the season. And I was like, "Where all? Where's my uh, my credit?" No, it's uh, that was an aberration. I know it's been talked about here recently because the Blackhawks have gone so far downhill, and the Penguins obviously are back to true form. But that game was such an aberration, and I think all the, the struggles at the start of the season, you add up. Of all the hockey they played over the last couple of years, it was a tough schedule. There were a lot of other things they were trying to figure out, namely the backup goaltender position and making a couple of adjustments of players that they didn't have at the start of the season, like Riley Shane and Jamie Alexiak, who have been good contributors for them. And uh, the biggest thing for me, yeah, Mark, the biggest thing with this turnaround here, the stars. That's where it all starts with Pittsburgh and, and this franchise. And Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby in particular taking their game. Malkin now, right now, on fire like no player in the NHL. And uh, Kessel's been doing it all season long, so I give them full marks from day one. But for the, the superstars to take it to another level and turn it up here at the appropriate time, that's the big, biggest thing for me. The trade deadline's Monday. Do you expect a big deal out of Jim Rutherford, uh, the general manager? I don't have a very good feel for this, Mirzi. I'm just not sure about what's out there given that so many teams are still in the playoff hunt. Yeah, there aren't many sellers, but there are some, and there are probably more sellers than we would have imagined. There are some teams that have gone downhill that we didn't quite expect at the start of the season. Ottawa, as we know, was one shot away from the Stanley Cup final, and they've had a miserable year, and now they're going to be selling. The New York Rangers' window was closing, but you didn't think they'd be sellers, and it looks like they will be. They've said as much. So uh, there are some teams, aside from the usual last-place bottom feeders 
that will be selling some important pieces and some key players that could help a contending team like the Penguins. There's the salary cap concern. What type of room does Jim Rutherford have? But I do think he's going to make a splash. I think he's going to make some type of move, and I'm all for it. This is a win-now team. I've had no trouble whatsoever with mortgaging the future. And if it means trading one of the higher-end prospects, if it means trading a first-round draft choice, that's what you do. And that's why the Penguins have been successful. You can't just float along and try to stockpile draft picks like the New York Islanders, for example. You've got to go for it at some point. The Penguins have done that now for years. I think they've had one first-round pick in the last five years, and for good reason, because they're going for it. They know they've got a chance to make some history here and to win it again. So uh, if that's the case and they mortgage some of the future, I'm totally fine with it as long as it's the right player and it's addressing a need, namely at the center position. Well, I agree with you about 90%, Mirzi. I don't mind overpaying. I don't want to overpay badly because uh, you can win a Stanley Cup in 2019 and 2020 as well. And looking at third-line center, do we overrate the need at third-line center? A, Riley Shane's playing pretty good, and B, Nick Bonino only had seven points in the playoffs last year. We remember how Bonino ripped the playoffs apart in 2016, but last year, not so much. I'm not so sure Shane doesn't have that covered. Yeah, that, that's true. With the, with the play lately, you do have to chip in a little bit here and there. And Cullen was in that uh, boat, too, where you have to score some big goals to get a few points here and there. Shea wasn't doing it at the start of the year, but now he is. And uh, he has fit in really nicely, and the Penguins have that three- or four-line balance, which has made them successful the last couple of seasons. So that has made me wonder now, the, over the last week or so, if maybe the Pens are content going with Shea and Brownie, who played 20 playoff games last year and was terrific, especially when Benito went down, maybe the Penguins are looking for a winger. Maybe, maybe that's the, there are more wingers out there than centers who are available. Maybe that's the direction in which they go. But again, you go back to salary cap space and what will they have to give up because there are a lot of suitors out there and uh, I, there are certain fits of some of these rental players that uh, I, I just don't think would work. You know, I don't, Penguins aren't going to go out and get Rick Nash from the Rangers, for example. But a guy like Michael Grabner, who fits their style, that, that actually makes some sense. Well, let's stay with Grabner, Mirzi, because re- discussion has reportedly taken place between the Penguins and Rangers regarding Grabner. He's definitely available. His cap hit isn't onerous. I think he's a perfect fit for the Penguins. Yeah, the speed game, that that's the first thing that comes to mind. He's one of the fastest players in the NHL. He has some finish. He seems like he gets a breakaway at night every time you watch him. And he's having a tremendous year. He has a bunch of empty net goals, but he still you put together 20-plus goals on a team that struggled for offense, and, and he's done it now for a couple of seasons in New York. I think he fits perfectly, so that would be one option. And there are so many other names. I know Derek Broussard's name has been tossed around, and there's a guy you want to strengthen your center position for any team. I'm taking Derek Broussard any day on my team. This guy is clutching the playoffs. A great guy, for one thing. Got to know him a little bit when I was covering the Rangers in New York. Unbelievable guy. He was a big part of their run in 2014 to the Stanley Cup Final. And uh, can do a little bit of everything. He can definitely score and very smart defensively. But what's the cost? And obviously the cap hit. He's got term on his contract. So there are a couple names that are out there. But right now, the way the Penguins are going, do you want to make that big of a splash? Because, as you said, Shane, Brownie, some of these other players now. Haglin has turned his season around, and you got Zach Aston Reese who's chipping in a little bit here. They may have some answers to their questions right in house. We're talking to Steve Mears, the Penguins TV play-by-play man, 
on AT&T Sportsnet. Let's stay with Zach Aston Reese for a second. Uh, four goals in eight NHL games since coming up. Do you think he's going to be here the rest of the season? Well, if he keeps this up, yeah, he is. Uh, now, let's not forget Patrick Hornquist is going to be coming back. Tom Kuhnhockel is an important piece for the Penguins, especially in the penalty-killing role. So uh, you wonder if there's going to be room for him. But his style is fitting in nicely. And he's not a, a speed player by any means, but he's aggressive. We're seeing him throw some big body checks, park himself right in front, playing a little bit of a Patrick Hornquist, Chris Kunitz-type game. I've been really impressed. I mentioned the draft choices earlier, Mark, and, and mortgaging the future and that sort of thing. Here's how you get around it. You sign college free agents, and you sign other free agents maybe in Europe. And the elite teams have been able to do that. This is a great example. And full marks to the Penguins and their scouting and the recruiting to get a highly touted college free agent like Zach Aston Reese, Hobie finalist out of Northeastern, 30-goal scorer. A lot of competition for that guy, and the Penguins landed him. And you've got to be diligent in that area. When you're not getting the high draft choices, you better be doing your research for college free agents. A guy like Artemi Panarin in Chicago and now Columbus, he was a European free agent out of the KHL. You've got, if you're not getting high-end draft picks, which is a good thing because it means you're contending, you better be smart and uh, really diligent with your research in, in other areas. And the Penguins have done a fantastic job. A couple of other prospects in the organization, not drafted, but they were college free agents. What has caused the defense corps to coalesce so well uh, the last month or so, Mirzi? Uh, Alexia came in, Cole got back in the lineup, and now with all six guys, it seems like the hole was greater than the sum of the parts, doesn't it? Yeah, we've seen that before, right? Uh, really impressed by Jamie Alexiak. It was really a numbers game for him and Dallas because they've got a lot of good, talented young defensemen. He was a former first-round draft choice, so you shouldn't be all that surprised. But a numbers game. He gets pushed out. They signed a bunch of guys, too. They have some veteran players. They weren't going to be leaving. So Alexiak, the odd man out, and the Penguins are able to take advantage. Went for a fourth-round pick, a tremendous move by Jim Rutherford, addressing a need, guy that has a heavy shot, big, and can play a physical game, moves the puck and skates pretty well for a guy that's 6'7". And uh, also something Mike Sullivan addressed earlier today was Ian Cole. He was asked about Cole's play and just how he's kept it simple. He's been much smarter with his puck decisions and uh, playing a hard-nosed brand. Those two together have actually been a really solid defensive pair. And then you have the consistent play of the other guys. Latang has gotten gradually better, really stepped up over the last few games. Mott has been consistent all year. Schultz has been consistent when he's been in the lineup. Despite some pretty serious injuries, he's been really solid. So, uh, yeah, very impressive. And, and the depth, too. Hunwick, Ruedel, yeah, they, they've got a lot of options there. So we know if you're going to go far in the playoffs, you better have more than six defensemen. Look at every year the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. You go back to 09 when they had to call on Alex Goligoski and Philippe Boucher. You need depth on the blue line. So if for some reason they have to include one of those defensemen in a trade, they better have a capable backup in mind because you're going to need more than six to win the Stanley Cup. We've learned that over the years. Can Mike Sullivan continue to keep Sid, Malkin, and Kessel on separate lines, Mirzi? Uh, what's the likeliest formula there come playoff time? Well, you go back to 2016 and you think of HBK and uh, overall, I think that, and I do believe Mike Sullivan believes that the best formula for the Penguins is the depth and having the play, uh, three superstars on three separate lines. And there are times when Kessel and Malkin are together, we've seen it a lot this year, where it's overpassing. Mike Sullivan says they want to pass it into the net, and that's obviously 
not going to be too helpful. They, they're not playing that north-south game. And whenever it's Malkin with maybe Hagman and Hornquist, he's more inclined to shoot. And we're seeing that these last few weeks. A lot of success with the two Swedes. And now even with Hornquist out of the lineup, you put Rust on that line. Malkin's shooting the puck. And, and maybe there's a tendency to pass a little bit more when it's Kessel next to him. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan and believer in that three-pronged attack. It was so successful for the Pens, especially in 2016. So spread it out. The one guy they're looking to get going a little bit more probably is Crosby and trying to find some chemistry and a winger for him. If the Penguins go that route of the trade deadline, maybe it's a winger on the number one line with 87. And we can't forget about Hornquist coming back, too. So he's going to be slotting in there somewhere. But, uh, yeah. Well, maybe it's Michael uh, Grabner, Mirzi, because exactly, Sid likes to play exactly. with speed and Grabner would be a perfect fit for number 87, wouldn't he? Exactly. That's, that's what I'm thinking. And funny how it's changed now over these last just a short amount of time where. For the months, we were saying, oh, third-line center, it's got to happen. they got to make the move. We were throwing around this name and that name, all these key of the centers on uh, bottom-feeding teams in the NHL. And, and it turns out maybe it, you know, they could be looking in the direction of a winger. But uh, you can't have too many centers. They could strengthen that position and uh, would be, it'd be really helpful. But the, the depth is so important for this team. And, and you talk about matchups, too. You're getting up against, maybe, let's say, a Boston and you, you know you're going to have to go up against Patrice Bergeron in a playoff series, you better have more than one line, probably going to need three solid scoring lines, and we know how uh, the goal scoring dries up in the playoffs. So those threats better be there. It can't just be one line, then a second line, and then two checking lines. It doesn't work anymore. Who's going to make the playoffs in the Metro? I think that division is going to produce both wild cards in the East, and the top four teams have opened up some space finally. Yeah, that. The Eastern Conference as a whole, it's kind of weird right now. With you know, There are teams, though, in the Metropolitan Division that I'm, I'm just not buying at all. And After watching Columbus the other night, I, that was stunning to me how flat they were in their building in a game against Pittsburgh in a, for a team that is largely the same as last year, if not better, with Panarin. I, I could not believe, I was stunned at how flat they were and disinterested they were in that game against Pittsburgh. When they're fighting for their lives, they enter that game one point out of a playoff spot. So that, now I'm starting to wonder, what's wrong with them? You look at the Islanders. They're right there on the cusp. And I'm not buying their goaltending and their defense whatsoever. They've got 50 shots a game, it seems. And uh, some other teams, Rangers have fallen. I'm never going to be sold on Carolina because they just cannot get over the hump and the goaltending isn't quite good enough. Washington, pretty good regular season here, but uh, we know they've taken a step more towards youth and maybe a step backwards here as compared to last year. So it's the Eastern Conference as a whole is pretty confusing. For me, though, I'm looking at Tampa, Boston in the Atlantic, Pittsburgh in the Metropolitan Division, obviously, and uh, who knows, maybe Toronto, one of the teams on the rise to get into that discussion. But as far as the rest, uh, New Jersey would be another one. Are you buying what the Devils are selling, even though they've been disciplined and they're young and, and it's a good story, but is that a team that's going to beat Pittsburgh, for example, in a seven-game playoff series? I just don't see it. And finally, Mirzi, I think we both know who the Penguins need. It's not Derek Broussard. It's not Michael Grabner. It's not Matt Cullen. It's former East Coast Hockey League legend Jean Bourbeau. And I've done some research here. Uh, Bourbeau's been retired since 2015. He currently works as a carpenter. Uh, I, I think that that rest could have done him some good. Uh, he could bring the wood, literally. That's the guy I want to bring in. What say you? 
It would be a solid acquisition, Mark, uh, if you consider the skill set that he brings, not only in his off-ice activities, but his level of toughness. We've never seen it before at any level of hockey. The guy is so tough he could headbutt himself. <laughs> well, that's what I would expect from him. And nobody got what we just did a riff on, Mirzi, but that's what makes it fun. Hey, <laughs> great stuff as always. Great work this year, and we'll see you at the rink. Always fun. My neighbor. Good to talk with you, buddy. That's Steve Mears, who I think owns a house in my neighborhood. I've seen him exactly once since he allegedly moved in at season start. But great to talk to Mirzi. Anybody who listened to the old show Mirzi and I did together on the Penguins HD station, Jean Bourbeau was uh, an East Coast tough guy. You have to hear the original riff. I know we just wasted your time. Now I'm wasting more time. That's because it's my show and not yours. Uh, I want Michael Grabner. I want him to be a penguin. I'll give you an amazing stat that ties into how much use he would be and what a great fit he'd be. I'll give it to you just around the corner on the X. News Station. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it, you've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. I got a breaking news story, which I just can't believe, which I'll get to in a couple seconds, but let me give you that stat about Michael Grabner first, the New York Rangers winger who is uh, apparently a Penguins target as the trade deadline looms uh, this coming Monday. Michael Grabner is tied for second in the NHL for even-strength goals since the start of the 2016-17 season. Last year and this year, Michael Grabner is tied for second. He has 50 even-strength goals in that time. The only guy with more is Austin Matthews with Toronto. He's got 57. Grabner's tied with Vladimir Tarasenko of the St. Louis Blues. So to break it down in terms that Penguin fans will understand, since the beginning of last season, Michael Grabner has more even-strength goals than Crosby, Malkin, or Kessel. That's a guy I want to get. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Okay, here's the breaking news. Mike White in the Post-Gazette, the high school writer, just tweeted this out. Aliquippa High School is considering firing Mike Zamanik as their football coach. There's going to be a vote tomorrow night. Zamanik has been Aliquippa's head coach for 21 seasons. He is a career teacher at Aliquippa. Retired now, but taught at Aliquippa for 54 years. He is without a doubt one of the greatest coaches in Whippeal football history. Right there with names like Render, McCurry, Novak, Monacalvo, Yanessa, 
one of the top coaches of all time in the Whitfield. He's 13th on the Whitfield all-time wins list. His record in 21 seasons is 237 wins, 36 losses. His winning percentage of 868 is the best among any Whitfield coach with more than 200 wins. He's one of only eight Whitfield coaches who has won six championships. And he has got Al Equipa to the Whitfield title game in each of the last 10 seasons. In Zemanic's 21 seasons, the Quips have been in the Whitfield title game 13 times and the state title game four times. What kind of idiots would want to fire Mike Zemanic? What, you're going to do better than the record I just talked about? And there's been no unpleasant incidents during Zemanic's term. That's a pretty racially charged school district. And Mike Zemanic's a guy who's helped hold it together via the football team. But like many coaches have said over the years, it only takes five disgruntled people to lose your job, which reflects that most school boards have nine members. I'll tell you what, Al Equipa, you get rid of Mike Zemanic, I'm coming for you. Every single day I remember to do it on this show. He's a great coach, an honorable man, and I don't know what reason you could have. I'd love somebody to call me or DM me at MarkMadNex Twitter or email me, supergenius at WXDX.com because there's got to be a story as to why Aliquippa and these dolts on the school board want to get rid of Semantic. Got to be a story. By the way, because nobody gets away with anything on this program, here are the names of the nine Aliquippa school board members. Aileen Gilbert, Nicole Bible, Janice Kane, Catherine Colalella, Alverna Cuffey, Sandra Gill, Tina Price-Jenis, Ezra Lowe, Maurice Carey. I have no idea which among you are the jackasses that want to get rid of Coach Zemanic. But if you do, I'll find out who you are, and I will come for you with both barrels, metaphorically speaking, on this radio show. So consider yourself warned. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 x Dead, you have to talk. Well, our board's gone dead. Playing right now, and I just can't hear it. Okay, so we have to do sick again without sick again. Boy, this 